Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Rural Marcel. This is Sunday, October the 2nd, 2022, the 15th Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is by Pastor Wade Reddy. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lector is Rhonda Weirs. Thank you to Alfreda Tobiason for sponsoring this week's broadcast in memory of her sister Gertrude. Thank you for joining us today. Let us share our gratitude for a glorious celebration last Sunday and all of those who helped lead us in that. Welcome to this 15th Sunday after Pentecost, and we begin with confession and forgiveness. You'll find this on page 94 in the front of your hymnal. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your Spirit, so that we may live and serve you in the newness of life. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. We sing our gathering song, The Fruit of All Creation, 679. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Also with you.
peace in the world, for the health of the church, for the unity of all. For this holy house, for all who worship and praise, let us pray to the every day. Let us stand and sing the canticle of praise. Glory to God in the highest.
Let us pray together the prayer of the day as is printed in your bulletin insert the celebrate. Benevolent, merciful God, when we are empty, fill us. When we are weak in faith, strengthen us. When we are cold in love, warm us, that with fervor we may love our neighbors and serve them for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. May be seated. Let us receive God's word. Good morning. The first reading is from Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, with the following preface. Injustice and violence in the time leading up to the Babylonian exile moved this prophet to lament. How can a good and all-powerful God see evil in the world and seemingly remain indifferent? God answers by proclaiming that the righteous will live by faith. The oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack, and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous, therefore judgment comes forth perverted. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. All right, today we're using Psalm 37. I will play the refrain, I will sing it myself, and then we can all sing it together, and then the fun begins. Come meet your way to the Lord, put your trust in the Lord. Everybody. Commit your way to the Lord, put your trust in the Lord. Do not be provoked by evildoers, do not be jealous of those who do wrong. For they shall soon wither like the grass, and like the green grass fade away. Put your trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and find safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, who shall give you your heart's desire. Commit your way to the Lord. Put your trust in the Commit your way to the Lord, put your trust in the Lord, and see what God will do. The Lord will make your vindication as clear as the light, and the justice of your case like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently. Do not be provoked by the one who prospers, the one who succeeds in evil schemes. Refrain from anger, leave rage alone. Do not be provoked, it leads only to evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord shall possess the land. Commit your way to the Lord, put your trust. 
second reading is from 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 1 through 14 with the following preface. This letter written to Timothy is a personal message of encouragement. In the face of hardship and persecution, Timothy is reminded that his faith is a gift of God. He is encouraged to exercise that faith with the help of the Holy Spirit. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love, and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed, then, of the testimony about our Lord, or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus, before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abandoned death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher, and for this reason I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted in him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that you are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted in you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Our service continues with the gospel acclamation on page 188. I invite the congregation to please rise. <laughs> According to St. Luke, the 17th chapter, the, glory to you, O Lord. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the seed, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing and tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me and put, it, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink. Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you are ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. May be seated. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Still kind of basking in last, um, last Sunday and all that took place, the wonderful music 
and uh, the wonderful program that we had. Thank you to all of you. And it was a wonderful tribute up on the screen uh, for that. As we turn to this month of October, I know that our farmers will be busy with the harvest. Many have begun, and uh, we are praying for their safety and also for a wonderful harvest. And also in the month of October, as I look ahead and look at these scriptures, what I see is at the very forefront is faith. Faith. So this morning I want to ask you, how much is enough faith? How much is enough faith? Jesus' message to his followers were faith even the size of a mustard seed would be able to move mountains. Now, faith is not something that we produce in ourselves. We can't conjure up faith within ourselves. In the book of Hebrews, it's written to look to Jesus, who is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. In our baptism, we receive God's promises and we are bathed in Christ's love. Here, the seeds of faith are stirred within. It's amazing when we come to the baptism and we share in water and word. Lord, what did I say? God is doing something. God is doing something. We don't always see what's taking place within that little one or the adult who's being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Something wonderful is taking place. In in the heavenly realms. So in 2 Corinthians, Paul writes this, chapter 5, verse 17. So if anyone is in Christ, then there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Everything has become new for those who have been baptized into Christ. Something changes. Something is stirred within, deep within. And we make promises in the baptism of our sisters and brothers in Christ. And one of those promises is to nurture them in faith and prayer so that children may learn to trust God. And we profess our faith, faith in the life of the Christian grounded in us and connects us with a God who is faithful. Faith is a gift from God. It is the central message in 2 Timothy, Paul's letter to the young pastor who's leading the churches in the Mediterranean. And in our gospel, we learn from Jesus, who invites us to lean into that God-given faith. It doesn't matter size. Size has nothing to do with it. Faith that is measured not by size, but that flows from God through us, and yes, from generations through to us. As Paul reminded Timothy, his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice, their faith living on and in Timothy. Faith is to be exercised. It is something that God has given us and planted deep within inside of us. I was talking to someone, I think it was, oh, I wonder if I can, you'll know who it was that I was talking to you because we were having this conversation early in in the morning here as the sun was rising and uh, one of our parishioners comes early in the morning to have a cup of coffee and get, get ready for a Bible study. And they said, I've been coming to church since before I was born. And you think about it, in the womb at the time of conception and coming here in the mother's womb and being exposed to music and song and prayer, in many ways, yes, you are coming to church before you were born. And so this is a year that we learn a lot about faith and confirmation because this is our third year of, uh, for many of our confirmants who will be standing up here and sharing the affirmation of their faith, this year is the year of studying Luther's small catechism, which is all about faith. How do we understand this gift of faith that has been given to us? And one of the things that we're learning is the Ten Commandments. And the first one is that we shall have no other God. And Luther writes, what does this mean? We are to love, fear, and trust God above all things. And so Luther's explanation of this tells us that at the center of our lives is the gift of God who we can fear, we can revere, 
that we can love who first loved us and that we can trust that he is always present in our lives. So what does faith being exercised look like? If it doesn't need to be a particular size before we graduate and we have that certain faith level, but no matter how small that might be, how is that exercised? I want to give you an example, and I may have shared this some time ago, and I apologize for that, but it is such a wonderful example, and it's powerful, I know, in my life as I look back. The year was 1999, and at the time I was an administrator at the Good Samaritan Home in St. Croix Falls, Wisconsin. We had been caring for some 90 residents who were in our midst with varying degrees of difficulty and physical needs and uh, challenges. We saw our mission as one um, being centered in God, to share God's love and word and deed by providing shelter and supportive services to older persons and others in need, believing that in Christ's love, everyone is someone. And we, uh, as any organization, uh, were there to care for people in need. The problem that became evident to us is as we maintain our occupancy, the number of people that we were caring for any particular day, we noticed that our staffing level was going down. And so we were using more and more contracted staff or pool staff. Now there's nothing wrong with people who work in contracted or pool staff. Some of them feel very gifted and that's a tool that they use and they go to different places. They don't always know where they're going to be working. Um, but for the staff who work at the home, it can, be dis, it can be disalarming because you have to reorientate them not only to the, how things are done in, in the home, but also how each resident's care plan is addressed by the staff. And so on this particular day in 1999, we were gathered together in a circle. We didn't have a chapel at that time, but we always began our morning with prayer and devotion. And so we had the staff there, and anybody could come. So you had department heads there. You might have had some CNAs there. Eventually, we had residents there who would also listen in and pray because we really embraced our mission of sharing God's love and word and deed. And John Baxter was the chaplain at the Good Samaritan Home at the time. John I had known from a previous experience in Battle Lake, Minnesota, and he and his wife Helen relocated to uh, the St. Croix Falls area to be closer to family living in the Twin Cities, and I invited him to join the staff and be our chaplain. And John told this story. This is a story I may have shared with you once before. When he was in high school, this was in Kansas that he lived, Watamingo, I think it was, Kansas. John was working in a, a greenhouse. And in the greenhouse, they would take care of uh, getting the plants ready. It was very busy in the springtime and over the winter. And uh, he noticed in the back of the greenhouse, there were these tomato plants that really looked like they were in rough shape. They looked as though they were wilting. And uh, he went to the owner and said, would it be okay if I went back there and let's douse them with water? They look like they're, they're struggling. And the owner of the greenhouse said, no, John, we're not going to do that because those tomato plants are given just enough water to survive because it's where they're going that we're preparing them. And they're going to be going to Oklahoma where it's very arid and dry. And so we just give them enough water in order for their roots to grow deep. So John tells this story. We're like, well, where's all this going? And then he said, and that's what God is doing with us, growing deep roots of faith. And there wasn't a dry eye in the room. Something changed at that moment amongst the staff that were there. We realized maybe for the first time that we had reached the end of our rope and there wasn't anywhere else to turn. And that we needed to trust God to guide us and to lead us. That we had seen the tempest storm. And we saw no way out. And of course we prayed that day after John had given this devotion. And uh, it was after this point that we began to look anew. And to see our residents for who they were and what we were able to do and what we wanted to provide for them. And so what we allowed to happen is our census actually dropped. We began to take care of less people. 
uh, just through attrition. They may have moved, uh, they may have died, but rather than bringing in people, we knew that at that time people had places to go, but we allowed our census to drop a little bit. And we started using less and less pool staff, and eventually we found the equilibrium. And from there we grew, and we went back to our census going, going up. It was a powerful time in understanding that when collectively we bring our faith together and put our trust into God, all things are possible. We realized collectively that our faith did move mountains. It made a huge impact on us. I think if I went back and visited with any of the staff that lived through that experience and we had an opportunity to share, that experience would come up with John sharing the story. We reached a new beginning and we, um, we climbed out of the valley that, of darkness and we stood on a summit. And it was then that we became very creative as an organization. We then were able to do um, short-term care, transition care. We worked with the hospital. We were able to do uh, low-income housing. We received a, a gift of land in Taylor's Falls. It was amazing as we saw how God began to open up when we trusted him to lead us. Well, where does our help come from? The psalmist in 121 says, Our help comes from the Lord, who has made the heaven and the earth. Something um, our confirmation students will be learning from Luther's small catechism about faith is that we cannot by our own understanding or power believe or have faith in God. But instead the Holy Spirit calls us through the gospel, through God's living word, enlightening us and making us holy, keeping us in one true faith. And so we need to trust God with the faith that God has already given us as a gift. What would that look like for you, for me? To truly put our faith and trust in God. Whatever calamity might come our way, when we take hold of that gift that God has given us. Faith is a gift. It is a gift of a sign of God's love, grace, and faithfulness, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our unbelief to trust in him. We simply are invited to enter into this gift knowing that God is with us. It is not about size, nor does faith require something in us to generate within. It is a gift. It is poured out. Somehow it is stirred in our baptism that unites us with Christ. To find faith, we need to reach beyond ourselves and grab a hold of Christ's faith found in each and every one of us found in you, found in me. Faith that fills us with love and a trust in God who goes beyond this world. A faith that death could not squelch. A faith that was pioneered and perfected by our Lord and Savior. A faith that gave rise to Easter. This faith is in you, it's in me, God's love that sustains us through the fiercest storms of life. May we put our trust in God. Jesus' words to his followers, wanting to increase their faith, were met with, you already have faith. It doesn't matter the size. Even if it were as small as a mustard seed, look at what you can do with the gift. Let us put our trust and faith in God who has already poured it into us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let us sing our hymn of the day. Come down, O love divine, 804.
affirmation of our faith as it's found in the Apostles' Creed, I invite you to please rise. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As scattered grains of wheat are gathered together into one bread, let us gather our prayers for the church, those in need, and all of God's good creation. We pray for your holy church in every place and for those who serve following the example of Christ. Help them to live by faith and walk by light of your gospel. God of grace, for parts of the world ravaged by natural disasters, for our brothers and sisters in Florida and the Carolinas following the Hurricane Ivan, relieve those affected by floods and wildfires and droughts and earthquakes tornadoes, and hurricanes. God of grace. For every nation and for those entrusted with authority, grant our leaders self-discipline in all things and inspire them with love for your people. God of grace. For victims of violence, abuse, and neglect, heal those who have been harmed and, and protect those who are vulnerable. We pray especially, Lord, for those who are on our prayer request, who, who seek out wholeness and healing. We lift before you Carol Hine and Marilyn Streeper, Judy Soper, Teresa Engelbart, Henry Poppy, Kalinda Stadmuller, Gwen Edwards, Sandy Jensen, Charles Walters, Jenny Boken, Sherry Shada, Dana Laycock Green, and others that we hold in our hearts. And Lord, we pray for our sons who are in the military bringing protection to others. We lift before you the safety of Ben Harms, David Frankford, Trevor Owen, and Dustin Starn. God of grace, for this and every congregation, rekindle your gifts within your people, inspire councils and committees and individuals to plan and work together that all may know your love. God of grace. In thanksgiving that you have abolished death and for the saints who have died, bring us all to eternal life with you, God of grace. Gather together in the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. Gracious God, we offer these and all our prayers to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. 
Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. We received this morning's offering at this time, and we are now raising funds for the Noisy Coin for the Crop Walk in Ending Hunger. Our service continues on page 190. Let us pray. God of all creation, all you have made is good, and your love endures forever. You bring forth bread from the earth and fruit from the vine. Nourish us with these gifts that we might be for the world signs of your gracious presence. In Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. God of abundance, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our source of faith, who is our Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, let me just share a, a few announcements with you. Um, first of all, all right, we're beginning a new month. And so I know we're going to have lots of um, birthdays. And uh, who's celebrating a birthday this week in October, going back to yesterday, October 1st? Uh-huh. Bill Boken, I know. Yeah. And Sophia Moyne, I think, also. In and Diane, Diane Temple, Temple is, has a, a birthday. So we've got to sing happy birthday. And should we say dear friends? Sure. All right, here we go. And because Diane has a birthday on Wednesday, I turn the mic over to you. <laughs> well, as Pastor mentioned, uh, help comes through the Lord. And speaking of help, Harvest Festival time. Um, I'll be in the back of the church in the um, overflow. So if you have questions about the Harvest Festival or anything we need to talk about, um, I'll be there. Um, and um, just a reminder that if you are someone who can make something for our bake sale. We would love to have some bake sale items. And I'm also looking for a person or two people to help at the carryout table uh, the night of the Harvest Festival. It's in the overflow area. You'd be working with, um, uh, with the barons. And it does involve some standing, but not a whole lot of walking. So if that's something that you can help with from 4.15 to 5.30, that would be wonderful. And if you have some pie tins in your house, uh, disposable pie tins that you'd be willing to donate. Uh, next Sunday, Annie Lloyd will be leading the confirmation students in some uh, pie making that will freeze. And so if you have some pie tins, that'd be great. And if you want the opportunity to get to know some of our confirmation students and you think, well, I could sit there and help uh, peel some apples and teach student kiddos how to peel them and slice them, uh, please join us after church next Sunday in the kitchen. And so thank you, Annie, for leading that. I think that's all I got for you. Okay, thank you, Diane. So we have the afterglow going on of our 150th anniversary, and we did receive a card back from um, Bishop, or Pastor um, Wessels and, and Marge, and I typed it up so I could read it. Here's his words. Yes, Marge and I are, filled, are so filled with love and gratitude for all of you for giving us a full measure of welcome last Sunday. Our heads are still ringing with your greetings and voices. You gave us rememberable experiences to recall for a long time. Of course, so many of you already are embedded in our memories from the years that we previously served here at Wayne Zion. Thank you for the generous stay at the American Inn with breakfast. We were so glad to be home, but disappointed to find the sign on the elevator that read, out of order. <laughs> Hard on our old bodies to climb steps. Now that we settled in at home again, we especially recall the extra effort to have memorable music on Sunday that we were there. 
We relived the music and the musicians with, it was special indeed and a great way to honor our Lord. Please share our response with the music people who carefully chosen and careful the way in which the musicians played each note with heart and joy. We had a great time with you and celebrating your 150th anniversary in Christ's name, the Wessels. Isn't that wonderful? So um, we also put a thank you in here, but Kathy, were you going to say something? Yes, this might be a good time to have you come forward. So much has taken uh, place, and Kathy has been our leader to go to and, and helping us and preparing and, uh, and, and putting this together. And I think one more time, let us just share our appreciation for Kathy. Thank you. 
and thanks to all of you. Um, I, so much has been happening. I don't know if you know this story, but um, we want to uh, recognize all of those who contributed to the uh, quilt. And Barb and Bill, you have decided that the proceeds, all $1,500, will go to the Monticello Food Pantry. And so thank you for that. If you're feeling exhausted, I have an opportunity for you to not have to make lunch or supper this coming Thursday, uh, October 6th. You can take it off. If you want to grab a wonderful lunch, go down to the Onward Bank in Monticello, and they are having, I think it's um, pork burgers, chips, bottled water, and cookie, and they'll take a free will donation, and that money will go to the backpack program for our students at Monticello High School elementary uh, program so that kids have meals to eat and also it will go to the Monticello Food Pantry. That's at 11 till 2 this coming Thursday. Then uh, you need to rest up and go to St. Matthew for their wonderful fall dinner that evening from 4.30 to 7 o'clock and have baked steak, mashed potatoes, gravy, and homegrown corn and salad bar and pie, right? And so we want to uh, celebrate our, our friends uh, at St. Matthew as well. So I wanted to lift all of that up. Okay, with that, let us receive this blessing. I'll invite you to please rise. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to sing the first stanza of the last song. And then we're going to go and have treats that, uh, uh, that John and Deb Laycock put together. And then Sunday School Confirmation begins, let's say, um, 20 minutes after the hour. Copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress, all rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734, all rights reserved.